It's really happening. We just quit our jobs to travel the world. First stop, London. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. This is it, guys, the long-awaited stories of Gap Year. You're listening to Season 5 of the Travel FOMO Podcast. I'm Jamin Houghton, and I'm here with my jobless co-adventure and wife, Hillary. Jobless. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. We have been dying to tell you guys about our Gap Year travels, and we really hope that you don't mind that we've been dishing out a bunch of pre-recorded episodes for a while but now we're into the meat the really good stuff that we have been itching to share with you guys yeah we've been dying to let everybody know how it's been going yeah while we've been in all of this like whirlwind of travel oh my gosh it's been so cool um okay let us let's set the current scene for them Jamin. let's tell them what exactly like where we are right now which is crazy last time we talked to you guys we were in our apartment in the tiny little closet um, that we had turned into a studio, and now we're in a new studio. Yep, new digs, uh, new mics. Yeah. Hopefully, all the audio quality is great. Yeah. Um, we are in our airstream. That's right. We are in our airstream, actually recording from our airstream. Gap year has officially been underway for about four months, so we have been jobless and traveling. <laughs> homeless jobless and traveling and um we're actually we're totally different people than we were in the last episode because we have like experienced so much um we've been to 18 different countries since Mm -hmm. we last recorded we've overcome so many obstacles along the way um i feel like you and i have grown really close over the course of the past few months yes if we weren't close already i mean (laughs) but we have like really stepped it up a notch and then COVID 19 like we have you know we've navigated the requirements along the way um which thankfully it was a lot less hassle than i think most people would expect so yes i think I think we were really fortunate and blessed in mm-hmm. the way that it all timed out for us because I feel like there were several places we were going to go, things we were going to do that were like, okay, we're going to have to test a lot or wear a mask or maybe not get to do certain things because of the requirements. And I feel like each place would kind of lift requirements just as we were about to go there, which Mm -hmm. was kind of cool and worked out great for us. Yeah, exactly. It really did. Honestly, depending on our current location, we were required to either wear a mask, to show our vaccine status, um, to, you know, we just had to keep checking the rules everywhere we went. And that was really like kind of just a whole nother thing we had to navigate. I remember being on a train twice like two different occasions being on a train and like crossing a border and the like the ticket checker train attendant person coming through and telling everyone okay you can take your mask off now which was (laughs) so bizarre to me because I'm like but we're all still in the same situation that we were like five minutes ago in another country and now it's okay to take our mask off so it, it it felt just kind of funny and weird Mm -hmm. but it was it was stuff like that that like 
you just every day that you're going to a new place, it's like, okay, let's see what's going on there. Right. Yeah. That is interesting because we were just literally crossing the border into another country and they would walk through the train and say, okay, you can remove your face mask now. Yep. You're all good. There's no COVID over here. Right. Well, you know, (laughs) basically the rules have changed. You're in another country now. Yeah. But it was really the start of something beautiful. So this episode, our London episode, kicks off the really the start of our favorite leg of Gap Year, our UK and Europe trip. It was incredible. Like the stuff we saw, the things we did, bucket list stuff. I feel like I feel like I could have made a bucket list. We would have done it all. I could have made another one and we did all that. And went another one and we did all that. Just like thing after thing after thing. Yeah. We are so excited to tell you guys about this trip. Like there is so much that we're still experiencing right now today. Um, But this kicking this off into London was just so amazing. It was such a magical time. We knew it was a magical time, even in those moments. um, It felt magical, even in the hard moments. You still just it was so easy to be like, but I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I'm here. Yeah, I feel like every around every corner, it was like, man, it is so awesome that we get to do this. We're so fortunate, so glad that we can be together and be right here doing this. Wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just if you think about like three months of travel in Europe and all that could go wrong, all the things that could change in the midst of COVID, in the midst of everything else going on, the, the fact that it all like we navigated it all and we got through it all and we got to do it all was really incredible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think the thing that, you know, you guys are probably, you know, shaking your head at is that we really did quit our jobs. For for me, that's the part of the plan. I can't believe we actually took that step and did it. So when I say the plan actually unfolded, I mean, we quit our jobs. Like that was crazy. It really, especially for us, I mean, we both have, have held jobs for the whole time that we've been legally allowed to work, basically. Yeah. And have, like, been really steady at jobs and never gone with gaps in jobs before. So quitting was was a, a big deal and kind of kind of weird that there wasn't, like, a next step. And I think when you, when you go in to quit your job and to tell your boss and then subsequently your coworkers, and then the people that you work with and your friends and, and everybody else that you're, you're quitting your job to travel. You kind of play those conversations out in your mind and they all, you know, if you've quit your job, that conversation, the way you play it out in your mind always goes like poorly. Like you think, Oh, my boss is going to be so mad at everyone's me. Everyone's going to hate me. Yeah. Everyone's going to be upset. And when you think about telling them like, yeah, I'm just going to travel and no, I don't have another job I'm going to. You really play that out in like a really bad way mentally. At least I do. Anyway. Well, your, your, your knee is bouncing right now and it does not, you do not ever do that. And so I can tell that you're like thinking that through remembering those feelings, you know, I'm yeah. like, ah, how's this going to unfold? Like, it's what like is everyone so going to say? Nervous energy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. Um, but it like, None of those bad things happen. Like everybody, like my boss, all my coworkers were, were awesome, great, very supportive, like excited for us. Mm-hmm. And it was just a huge, a huge thing and kind of a, like a hurdle that it has to wait until really close to the end. 
Yeah. Because you want to be sure that, yeah, we're really going to do this. Yeah. Everything's really going to be in place. And so you can't really, you can't really pull that trigger until it's actually time to, but it's like one of the biggest ones that once you do, then it really feels like, like, okay, like our feet are taped to the bicycle on this. Like there's, you're like riding as fast as you can and that's it. Yeah. It's funny because like in some ways that's a good feeling because you're like, okay, this is really happening. And then in other ways you're like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. Oh my gosh. I don't (laughs) know if I'm ready, but I felt the same way you did. Like it was, um, a little nerve wracking. It's, you know, you've been more or less keeping a really big secret for a really long time. And, um, and so that was really hard for me to like have a secret that big that Mm -hmm. I did not share with my my coworkers and and my team at work. Um, but because I mean, I mean, and it was bittersweet because I really loved my job and my coworkers and it was just one of those like gigs that I was like, Oh, this is a really sweet deal. Like, I can't believe like I'm going to let go of this. But, um, I also, you know, from a more vulnerable perspective, like I have learned a lot about myself (laughs) over the past few months and have, really seen how much of my identity was wrapped up in my job Mm -hmm. and not just my job but but having a job that job and my company being associated with my company and and letting had having taken on their brand as my brand almost and um and so that's probably not actually healthy (laughs) so um I actually still struggle with the whole not working thing. It's still kind of hard for me. Like I still feel like I need something, um, in addition to the podcast, something to put my efforts towards. And so, um, I'm like trying to like shake it off a little bit. Do you want to just like put that on the back burner until it's time to get a new job and then like apply that stuff to that? Or is that something that you want to change? Um, I think I just like I kind of like it about me Mm -hmm. like so I'm not really necessarily feel like I need to change all of that Um, I don't want to be so wrapped up in it that I can't shift from job to job a little bit easier Um, so I'm glad that this kind of forced me to like shift out of my comfort zone and start I think I'll move around in my career a little bit more now Um, so I'm glad for that but um I don't necessarily feel the need to like not be driven to work. I think I like that about me. I think. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, another thing like that we did that as we did, it was definitely like clicking on the seats of the roller coaster as you go up right before you go down as we sold everything, everything we moved out of our apartment. So we consolidated down to, we have one small storage unit in Dallas Mm -hmm. that has mostly keepsakes in it. Yeah, it doesn't and, feel so small because we like packed it to the brim. Yeah, it's it's <sighs> packed full of stuff. <laughs> but I mean, it like it's not that much mm-hmm. that we held on to, and we sold like eleven thousand dollars worth of stuff, including yeah. your car. Yeah, and just everything had to go. Oh well, can and I can I like talk about that for like ten seconds? Having not having a vehicle has been a lot harder than I thought. Um, so for us to have one shared vehicle now, like in Europe, it didn't really matter. Now we're in the U S and it's kind of hard for me. Like 
I have a little bike that we keep toting around places and it is starting to like make me feel like it's my little bite of freedom um, because <laughs> something about like you, I, I just feel so stranded um, without a vehicle. And um, so, and I just feel like, like I've lost some independence a little bit. And so that's selling my car. And I knew I would feel that way selling my car. I knew it. And I did. Um, but also I think it's good for me as somebody who loves to have control. I think it's something good for me to like, not always be like in control. <laughs> well, and especially, I think you probably especially feel that way given like where we are since we've been back in the U S we've been in a lot of like parks and very remote places. And so there's no access to public transport. There's no way to walk anywhere or do anything like, yeah. so you like, much of America is very dependent on having a vehicle. Yeah, yeah so for it's, sure. a, it's very understandable. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing we did is we talked about how we'd renovated our Airstream. Mm -hmm. um, and we put that Airstream in storage basically for three months. Yep. We tried to like mice proof it. Um, and, you know, make sure it didn't have any food in it. Um, we left all of our clothes. I mean, it was kind of ready for us to roll, but we kind of had to like lock the door and say a little prayer that everything was going to be okay when we came back <laughs> and was, that there wouldn't be a, like a tornado or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy because we like loaded it up with our stuff minus food and like hygiene products. And then it was like, okay, we're going to lock the door and walk away and yeah, really hope that everything's okay yeah so imagine like our last week um it's just it's really crazy to like think through it again we quit our jobs we you know dropped off our keyboards and our like computers and everything um at the office we sold my car um on thursday we dropped off our computers on friday we said goodbye to some friends that week as well um and then we at the same time we're moving out of the apartment mm -hmm. moving partially into storage selling some things and moving into the airstream and packing for europe yeah so we were just dividing our lives and our things into so many different compartments basically i feel like this this was such different travel than anything else I've, I've ever experienced because of that. I feel mm -hmm. like before travel has always been a vacation and it's been like a, like segment of time plucked out of your normal routines and then like everything goes right back in and you just like roll right back with it. But this was changing absolutely everything yeah. about our lives all at once. Yeah all at once oh my gosh it was so much it was so much and part of that was saying goodbye to maggie our dog yeah yeah maggie couldn't come to europe no so she had to stay with my mom and uh and papa Bo. Mm -hmm. and we actually had to leave her at a pet resort for a couple of days just like two days yeah then my mom came to pick her up to take her back to her house and so that was i mean that was a little a little tough it was like it was i know tough. you were pretty anxious about it. Mm -hmm. I like anxious is a good word because <laughs> I was like, I mean, I just knew that she'd be sad. Um, mm -hmm. that she'd be really sad and, and she gets scared easy. Yeah. She gets very scared. She doesn't necessarily like to be boarded. Um, and so 
it was just one of those things. Um, but you know, your mom was like also taking care of one of the grandbabies and it was just not a good mix. Um, and it was just too much. And, and we knew that. And so, um, it was definitely the right thing to do and it all worked out and everything, but that was really hard. Um, like I don't think if you don't have a dog, I don't think you would understand. And if your dog isn't everything, then I'll <laughs> I hadn't ever been away from her. She's like, she is very close to being one of those therapy dogs for me. Like, yeah. what do you call it? Like, like a support, a support dog, yeah. because, because so many difficult things have happened in life and she came along right after that. Mm-hmm. And literally was what I would physically reach out to and touch when I felt sad or when I felt overwhelmed or when I felt like I was having an anxiety attack or something like literally touching her made it better. And so, um, it was just like, and, and for some reason I was just afraid of little things. Like I was afraid she would try to find us and she would like try to get out of the backyard and, Run like off. a homeward bound yeah. situation. Yeah. Milo I Otis style. Like <laughs> I but the reality was that she had a pretty awesome summer. Oh, she had a sweet gig. So she was in a nice house with like instant access to a huge backyard, which mm-hmm. she didn't have in our apartment. Right. And she had Papa Bo. Oh. So Papa Bo, um, I think made sure that, uh, that she was well, uh, well fed and taken yeah. care of. And I think she bunked up with Papa Bo and <laughs> he pretty much just made sure she was happy for all the time that we were in gap year. So I, I imagine she probably missed us a little bit, but I think she had a pretty good time. Yeah. And he loved her too. They both like were, were little buddies, but, um, but Maggie wasn't a very good buddy to your mom's dog. Yeah, my mom has a dog, and I think her and Maggie are very similar personality-wise, and they both have big dog personalities, and <laughs> I don't think that that meshed well, so they never really got along. I think my mom ended up keeping them on separate like shift schedules for uh, pretty much everything, which yeah. we didn't know until we got back. Um, mom kind of kept that a little secret but um i think she didn't want to stress this out so that's probably the last time that maggie gets to stay there for an extended time (laughs) (laughs) exactly but uh but it all it all worked out and my mom's dog little bit has uh has her house back now because we're back and we got maggie back with us yeah and it's been so great to have maggie back but okay so before we start telling people about london i which is literally what this episode's about um let's talk about like some of the things that surprised us the most about this transition. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, one of the things was like how disjointed I felt after we moved out of the apartment Mm. because it, I think at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm definitely like, a homebody kind of person. And I think a lot of things I was able to like mentally solve for by like, you know what, just got to do this. And, you know, and then at the end of the day, I get to go home or at the end of this trip or at the end of this, whatever, get to go home. You'll be there. Maggie will be there and we can just chill out. And then I like, I can get back right again. 
And so I think that was always kind of mentally there for me. And then when we moved out of the apartment and that's gone, it's very much a like, whoa, like, okay, this is, this is different than anything I've ever known. And there are places, I have places to stay. So that need is met. So I have shelter, but I don't really have a home. And that like, I was surprised that I felt that way to the extent that I did. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. And what about you? I mean, I was surprised at how vulnerable I felt like, um, yeah, it just felt, you just feel a little vulnerable. You're like about, you're making this big leap. Mm -hmm. Um, not everybody agrees with it, but quite frankly, most everyone we talked to friends, coworkers, family, they were really happy for us and they were like oh my gosh do this like send me pictures like everyone wanted to be a part of the adventure with us and um but still I felt a little vulnerable um and a little on edge at first especially like the first few days of traveling um Mm. I wasn't a lot of fun I would say (laughs) you know like I tried to be but like I was like I just felt unsettled yeah, I think it, it's really hard to to adjust to because everything did change. And just from the virtue of it, like doing something like this, you can't ease into it. Like you can't like, okay, like I'll do a couple days of travel and then get back and like get used to it over time. It kind of all has to happen at once for it to work, at least for us and, and our budget anyway. And so it it really is a very disjointed kind of all over the place feeling yeah it really is but But it was worth it (laughs) it was (laughs) worth it and because i think i do think that having london as the first stop was huge just because london is so awesome and we love it so much so let's talk about london let's talk about london yeah so we took a red eye flight and we got there first thing in the morning so it was early morning and which I kind of liked because if you just force yourself to stay up that whole day, go to bed that night, you can kind of like maybe get over the jet lag a little quicker. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I, but I think it worked. It worked for us. Yeah. Like, and so got there. Um, we tried using our URL passes, which we used to get kind of all over Europe. We tried to use those to get from Heathrow to London Paddington and we couldn't get them to work. We even talked to security and they weren't very helpful at all. Like They're not they used to know. the digital passes. They were like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like the digital pass was something new to them. And so we ended up having to pay, I think mm-hmm. like 50 pounds a piece, right? Mm, it was expensive. Yeah. Which wasn't a great way to start out, but, um, figure out for ourselves, like then we just had to buy tickets so we could get there. And then later we figured out how to actually use the passes, which would have worked and we could have saved that. And when we came back to the airport at the end of the trip, they did work for that. So, well, and let's tell people a little bit about the URL passes that we got. You guys are going to hear us talk about these throughout all of these episodes. Um, These passes are brilliant for someone in our situation um, because we ended up purchasing one that was a 90 day pass Mm -hmm. Um, and so we got to go you could basically hop around to a ton of different countries um, 30 something I think were 
it was an option to go to 30 something countries. Most of it would be free. You might have to pay for some reservations. In most cases, a reservation would be like $2 or $4 or $12, maybe 20. Um, But for the most part, it's all included in your original price, um, which came out to, I think we did it over Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday or something. Mm -hmm. So we got like, I think we both got our passes for $900. Yes. Which means $900 per person, which means Mm -hmm. it was $300 a month spent on travel. Yeah. Which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but in 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 it, there was more to it than that, um, because you know, like we said, we had to pay for some reservations and we took some flights and stuff like that. But for the most part, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we used it everywhere, like every country that we were in, we used it to some extent, and I feel like we actually got really good at using it, and we got to do a lot of things that I that we probably wouldn't have done, like we um, when we were in Prague, we went to Kutnahora. Uh, to see the Chapel of Bones, which was incredible. And if we hadn't had, and it didn't cost us anything to make the trip because we had the Eurorail Pass. And if we hadn't had that, you're talking about buying train tickets on top of tickets to get into the place. Like it, it could just add up very quickly. And I think there's a lot of things like that that we probably wouldn't have gotten to do if we didn't have the pass. Yeah. And because the pass had so much flexibility, it was basically like you just hop on the train you want to go on and if you miss that train you just hop on the next one like it was your the flexibility alone was amazing and ends up saving you money because you're not buying a ticket and then maybe having some kind of conflict and having to buy another ticket um and so yeah it i could just talk about that for days but yeah it was definitely one of our one of our best ideas yeah for sure Is there something you know about that revolutionizes the way you travel? Can it solve problems and help people around the roadblocks on their adventures? Is it just plain cool? If you have a product like that, we'd love to tell people about it. Get in contact with us and maybe next time we'll be talking about your product right now. We get into London, we finally get to Paddington Station and then we go to our hotel. So we were at Lancaster Court Hotel and we knew that it was close to London Paddington. And so I pulled up the map and found Lancaster Gate Hotel. And we walked there first, which was past (laughs) Lancaster Court Hotel, which is where we were staying. And it was kind of rainy. So we got to walk in the cold and the wind and the rain probably twice as far as we needed to walk. It was windy and rainy. Yeah. Because we were at the court, Lancaster Court Hotel instead of Lancaster Gate Hotel. So that was another great way to start. After you'd just gotten off of like all these planes and a really long flight and had to pay for the, the Heathrow Express to Paddington because you couldn't get the URL to work. And then we walked to the wrong hotel and it, it was not starting out great. But... Uh, we were still thrilled to be there though. Yeah, it's still London. So it's still pretty cool. Um, they, when we did finally get there, so we booked, even though it was a hotel, we booked it through Airbnb. So we booked a room through Airbnb and when we got there and checked in, what three different people told us 
like how incredible the bed was in the room. Yeah. Because it was like, it was the Airbnb room. They're like, oh, the Airbnb guest only get this room and it has this amazing bed. And I like, I didn't know what to expect. I was picturing some kind of magic carpet that would like float us around the room, but it was just kind of a normal bed, but with like, the like where you could elevate the feet or like yeah. elevate the back and so it, that I don't, was really funny I, I don't know that the payoff was there for all the hype that we got from it but hey we got to we got Pretty to stay cool. in, the, in, the, <laughs> in the room with the awesome bed <laughs> that was so funny it just surprised us how they went on and on about that bed and we were Very like okay it. I mean all right show yeah, me the bed and then they like show us and they start using the remote on it and you're like okay so it like elevates like okay cool <laughs> i guess we'll use that maybe yeah but like honestly we don't plan on being here much because we're about to hit the streets yeah uh, we're in london why would we yeah lay in the bed even if we could put our feet up right well and the other thing funny about being at that hotel i'll never forget like first shower that i took um the nozzle somebody who took a shower before me they didn't secure the nozzle i don't know who that could have been but (laughs) before i like so when i went to turn it on you know it's it's basically a detachable shower head and Mm -hmm. so if it wasn't like secured then that means when you turn it on it just becomes like a snake and it's like splashing water everywhere (laughs) and it was like a snake in a cage i'm not teasing it was this big glass you guys can see it in the video because we told you you we're gonna put out videos now you're gonna see this it's this big glass box and then like the shower head was just like this snake that was just putting water everywhere and here i am like butt naked (laughs) and the water is going everywhere and i just had to shut it in the cage (laughs) (laughs) There's <laughs> like nothing else I could do because water was getting everywhere. Oh man, that's, that was pretty funny. But. I, think, I think a few things that people need to know about this particular story. One, um, you tried to blame me for your incident. However, at several points during our trip to Europe, you had run-ins with showers. I did. So I don't, I don't know that I'm the common denominator and all that. And two, like I'm laying on the bed with my feet up because awesome bed. And I hear like a scream and then like banging around and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I thought that like there was a, some kind of animal loose that you were (laughs) like trying to combat wearing in the shower. And I come in, like open the door to the bathroom. You have trapped the shower head inside the shower and it's like spinning around, banging around. You're just holding the door closed as it sprays water inside the shower. And I was like, what, what's your strategy here? Are we going to run London out of water or like, what's, what, what's the hope here? And you were just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know like, how to make it stop. Like, well, I'd have to go in there. <laughs> you, like, you're going to have to get in there and wrangle it, I guess. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. Golly, that was funny. There are a lot of stories about me falling out of showers, being attacked by showers. Um, Yeah, there's some good stuff up ahead, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What else did we do? Um, so right off, right off the bat, we basically mm-hmm. went to Harrods. I think were we killing time? 
Um, well, we had like, we left our bags. So we had like, we showed up to the hotel. It was still pretty early in the morning. Yeah. And so we checked our bags. We weren't able to get to our room yet, left our bags. And then we went to Harrods. Um, I think to see it, like it's something that we hadn't seen yet in London. We've been to London before. So we'd gotten to do a lot of London-y things. And so this was really just a great place to start for us. And so something that we hadn't done before, but we got to go. Yeah. Like, it's so famous for all the shopping. Coffee and tea at Harrods. Uh-huh. It was pretty neat, actually. Like they had like this little coffee bar. I think it, they might have actually been selling drinks, too, at some point. But it was pretty early in the morning. But, um, yeah, like great coffee um i will say like just harrods in general i thought it would be like a big department store with like escalators and really open floor plans and it was because that's what we see in america right but it was very different it was really closed off like you would walk down these really small hallways into the next section or area you know like there might would be like a food section or a women's not just women's clothing, but maybe like divided by the brand, you know, and it's like, here's the Calvin Klein section and here's, you know, this other section and, and they were more like little rooms that you would shop in. And I thought that was so different. Yeah. It was very segmented and, you know, we had heard about how it was the first department store and I was thinking the same thing you were like, it's going to be like Nordstrom's or something where it's one big, huge store, but it was, it was like, 50 small stores yeah it really was yeah and then um what else did we do while we were killing time we had lunch we had lunch at the swan and it was good like it was a good lunch we had a couple beers and stuff like that but it really we went in there because it was named the swan and um there's so many swan things in england which i think also makes it special to us and and swans are special to us for a very important reason. If if you don't know our complete story, uh, we had a daughter named Hollis, and she was born um, in 2017. She was born with a condition called non-catonic hypoglycemia, or NKH is what it gets called a lot. And it's a very rare thing, but um, her body was not able to break down the protein in her brain. And so the first couple of days were fine and everything was great. And we were about to go home from the hospital and they did the last couple of checks and they found out something was wrong. And we spent a few days before we got a diagnosis. And then we got the diagnosis and it's, um, it's, it's a terminal thing. And so we really only got to spend six days with her, um, before she passed. And, but we, we loved those six days and, we didn't have any idea that anything was wrong until the, those couple days right before we were going to take her home. And so we had a, a room ready for her and it was all ready to go. And, and you had done such an awesome job decorating that room. And we decorated that room with swans. Yeah. And so swans mean a lot to us. And whenever we see a swan here or there, it that's really significant to us and, and just reminds us of her and we um and we like that because we want to mm-hmm. be reminded of her. We want mm-hmm. to remember her and we want to take that part of her that we knew and we loved 
with us on all of our travels and all of our adventures. So when a swan shows up, it's just that reminder to us of her. And so when we saw this place called the swan, it just made it a really obvious choice to be our first meal uh, of our trip in gap year and and a great place to go in London. Yeah, for sure. And you guys will see so much swan stuff in the videos Yeah, just because they are like all over, all over the UK for sure. Um, yeah, but. we, we ended up going to several swan pubs or swan, mm-hmm. like swan restaurants and, and this and that. And, um, but yeah, if you go check out our, our YouTube videos, you'll see over and over again, swans pop up and, and that's why, that's why they're cool to us. And, and we thank everybody that we get to, to share our story and and share that little piece of it. So whenever you see a swan pop up in any of our stuff, that's our that's our nod to Hollis. Yeah, that's our yeah, that's our nod to to Hollis. Um I love that. And they're just yeah, I it still blew my mind. I started out taking pictures of all the swans that I saw along the way, whether it was an actual swan or if it was like a swan logo or the word swan or something. Um, and I couldn't keep up. There were so many, um, but I tried, um, there's just like so many references to that, um, to them in, um, in the UK for sure. But then some, uh, some other places in Northern Europe as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was really, really until we hit the kind of Southern coast that that they even stopped being in, in almost every park and every city. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, thanks for sharing that with with everybody. I like that. Another really sentimental thing that we did that I thought was so cool and a little different that I haven't done um, is we went to a prayer service at Westminster Abbey. It was really cool. It was so neat. Um, I totally recommend it for anybody who's even remotely interested. Even if you just want to go to Westminster Abbey just to see it, um, it's a really unique way to do it. Um, Because, you know, you could obviously go on a tour. You could go in as a tourist and all that kind of stuff. But how cool to see it in action. Yeah. Yeah, I I really liked that. And there have been... Prayers led on that location for over a thousand years, which is was really cool to be tied to something like that, that, that there's a place that has been used for the same thing for that long yeah, and that you can still participate and, and be involved in, in the original intent of that location was really cool and, and really a great way, like you said, a great way to see it. You don't get to walk around and like tour it. Mm-hmm. So if you're really interested in, in an extensive tour of it, you'll want to do that. But this was a great way to experience what it was built for. Yeah. So the next morning, um, we got up and went for a run, which is another great way to get over the jet lag. I feel like it, it helps you just kind of just like power through it a little bit. And running is a great way to see a city. Um, I loved every single run that we went on. This one was no exception. We ran through Hyde Park and St. James Park, which that includes uh, places like Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, 
the Princess Diana Memorial, so many things um, that you want to see. And you can kind of see them when they're less crowded. Yeah. Um, in really nice light early in the morning. That particular morning, it was cold and was so really cold. windy. Oh, my gosh. And it was a little bit wet. It didn't rain on us while we ran, but it had been raining. And so that made it a little bit tough of a first run. Oh, yeah, because we're like, you guys remember in the previous episode, you probably heard us say we're going to run in every city that we sleep in. Um, and we stuck to that pretty well, but this made it feel like that was a really big promise. Yeah. Yeah. This felt really challenging and it was, especially it was so cold that first morning that I was like, man, I kind of wish that we hadn't said that we would do that, Yeah, <laughs> but, but we did. We did. And, um, it was also a little like we hadn't quite hit our groove yet for <laughs> no. like how the runs were going to work in a couple of different ways uh, in the ways that we were going to film the runs for for YouTube our plan didn't necessarily work out there and also all of our runs at home we would kind of do the same route or like we had like three or four variations of routes and we'd be like which one are we going to do we're going to do this one and so you kind of knew well this like running through these parks that are new to us we don't really know we kind of struggled with like who was going to navigate and who's in charge. <laughs> yeah, who was <laughs> who was going to determine where, where and when we were going to run, and so we had to work that out. We really did. It was actually like it was about navigation in general. Like mm-hmm. whenever you travel, you were navigating all the time, everywhere you go, all day long, you are navigating, and we kind of just started navigating and then realizing that like both of us were kind of like doing it but one of us might would want to go one route rather than the other and he'd be like why would we go that way we could go this way and we kind of had like um a little bit of game of thrones you know going on (laughs) of like who's in charge um and that was like surprisingly hard i'm not gonna lie like that was actually really frustrating like my most frustrating moments in the beginning was navigation like yeah like it was just like i just want and and also um we like control not just me you like control too and so like i don't even like somebody telling me where to walk on the sidewalk like i decide where i walk on the sidewalk like so there's a lot of that where it's like it became i don't know it was just like we were just not on the same page so it took a while um but we did get on the same page yes and we figured out that if we just always needed to ask like you know do you want to navigate us would you like me to navigate and and then it honestly became like really like nice because towards the end it was like yeah if you can navigate us that'd be great because i do not want to think (laughs) and so but yeah we figured it out yeah yeah we figured it out and we took turns Mm -hmm. and that was that was much better having one one steering wheel in the car <laughs> rather than two. Um, That's really it was funny. much more effective. So yeah, yeah. It, uh, it just took a little talking through. The, it's really crazy, like the little things that become can become big things, you know. Yeah, well, I feel like we had we had thought through so much and it planned out so much, and it was it was one of the things that we had not thought of, like oh we need a system for this. And 
So yeah. when we didn't have one, it was like we didn't have a system and it couldn't function. Yeah. Well, and we'd also thought through so much that we had like ideas about how this was going to unfold. You know, yeah. we each had opinions about where to go when, like mm-hmm. we had things we wanted to do and like hopes. And so we had to kind of navigate like fitting each other's um, preferences in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, like you said, there were so many things that, that we wanted to do and, and so much that we looked forward to. And I think we knew that in almost every location, there was going to be things that we weren't going to be able to get to. Like stuff that we were going to leave and be like, man, I wish we would have done this or that. And so you really did want to make sure everything happened and happened as quickly as it could so that those things that might be on the cut line could maybe get snuck in. So the next day we went back down to the Westminster Palace area and we got to see Big Ben, which was a big deal to me the last time that we'd been in London. um, It was covered in scaffolding. And it was such an iconic thing that I had been like, oh man, like that'll be in London and I'll get to see it. And it was last time it was covered up and I was like, "Mm, ah, but that's something I wanted to see. Yeah. And so this time it looked great. Fortunately, we were there just like a month before the Queen's like Platinum Jubilee or whatever. So they had everything like ship shape and spit spot, um, which was cool to get to see all of that. Uh, We also went to Borough Market. Um, again, which we talk about in our very first episode that we did ever, us discovering Borough Market, we got to go back. Um, we had a corned beef sandwich. Um, Yummy. It was good. Yeah. Uh, we got a pie there that was cold. <laughs> you had a cold meat pie under a bridge. Yeah. It, I. The guy told me in, in deference to him, he did tell me that the pie was no longer hot. He's like, they're not hot anymore. I kind of expected it to be somewhat warm. Right. And not cold. And so it was legit cold. Yeah, that was a little bit disappointing. Um, But we had some great desserts down there, too. And um, yeah, it was like it was still an awesome place to see in London. So if you're in London, hit up Borough Market. If they don't have something there that you like, then you don't like stuff. Then you're just like a lost cause. Yeah. Just go back home. <laughs> I remember getting like a vegan brownie there and it was like so good. I can't even like I can still remember what it tastes like. It was really good. It's really good. Um, okay, so we packed in so much that day because we were only there for two nights. Right. And I, I think you may have said that um, the next day we went to Westminster and Big Ben, but we actually did this all in one day. So we like woke up, went for a run in Hyde Park and St. James You're Park. Right. Yeah. Then we went to Westminster and Big Ben, Borough mm-hmm. Market. Uh, we also went to St. Paul's Cathedral and Tower Bridge. Um, yep. And then we were exhausted. So we hopped on a bus, but this was a special bus that we had booked tickets to be on. And we did afternoon tea on one of those red double decker buses. Yeah. It was really cool. That was really cool. And we had done like proper tea service before the last time we were in London and we wanted to do tea again because we enjoy that. But you found this 
new way of experiencing it. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was really cool. It was so cool. It's called Br- Brigitte's Bakery. And um, it's it's pretty fun. You could look up some of the images on um, hashtag. You can look up the hashtag making London smile. Um, and anyway, it's just really fun. Great vibes. Loud music. Fun, fun, fun vibes. I will say it was very... Um, more feminine and Jamo was a really good sport about that because I was like oh I'm sorry this is like much more girly than I realized it was if you're not be. secure in your masculinity you, this is probably not the bus that you want to get on but you're secure so we're good <laughs> <laughs> it um, was it was pretty girly so um if you're in London with your bros um probably skip this one i can't imagine a bunch of bros going out for tea anyway no that's probably you that's a good point i don't think that that would that would happen but just in case just in case just in case you're in london with a bunch of dudes maybe don't hit up the london tea tea bus yeah well it was a really good way i thought to rest our feet um, because we were really tired, especially after running so long. This is one of the days we just, we put in so many miles those first few weeks, especially. Um, yeah. And this, this was definitely one of those days because you still get to see the city. You still get to enjoy the mm-hmm. sights. Um, and then you get the the tea experience. It's not quite the full tea experience. Um, for safety reasons, they can't bring out hot pots of water you know they have to like they have to kind of do it a little differently so um you have like kind of like little to-go cups and and they do have um little places where you can set them and secure your drinks and stuff um but you get the whole layered tray of sweets and all kinds of stuff it was um it was pretty good um you also get to walk away with your travel mug um that they serve you your tea in so that's kind of fun um and the food was pretty good yeah it was it was great like little finger sandwiches were good all the desserts were awesome like it it was a lot of fun and and like you said you get you get to see the city there's a little kind of audio guy that goes that plays as you pass different things and it's it's a really fun way to see a lot of the sights of london in an old school double-decker bus that you think about like the classic london stuff yeah yeah for sure um but it also rained on us a lot. Oh, man. So much. It rained a lot on us. And it was so cold. It was like windy and rainy. And so it would just like cut you. Yes. And so it was it was pretty rough. But we did take a little refuge at the Mayfair Chippy and uh, had some really good fish and chips. The best fish and chips in London, according to Yelp. And um, I have to say, they were, they were pretty good. They were on point. Yeah, they were pretty good. Even the sides were really good. Um, and that was really when we started, like, drinking ciders hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that that's That kind of started that, that ball rolling. And we haven't gotten off that train yet. <laughs> no, we still are super into ciders, although they are harder to find in America. They are. But in, in London, it was so cool because if you are not not just London, England. In England, it was so cool because you could just pop into a pub, get a couple of ciders. It was the easiest thing to do and a great way to like take a second and just sort of chill out and enjoy wherever you were. So I loved, I loved that part of all of the UK where we would just 
stop and have a cider. Yeah. We did that a lot too. It was, it was really fun. It's, it kind of became like one of those things. I think for a while we were having cider for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Which was also a good plan. I definitely advocate for that. <laughs> there were some things that still surprised us. Yeah. Yeah. I Even think though it, we'd been to England before, we were still a little surprised by some of it. Yeah. I think it, um, you know, it was more, more windy and wet and cold, I think, than than I had anticipated. I anticipated it being chilly and maybe even a little rainy, but like it was, it was colder. The wind was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after coming from Dallas in like the end of March and beginning of April when it's just like some of the most beautiful weather and, um, and then you kind of show up in London and you're like, oh my gosh, this wind is cutting me to the bone. Yeah. It's, it's a shock to the system. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it was really, um, I remember us talking too about how surprised we were that like London, but not just London, but a lot of England was so dog friendly. It was so cool. I didn't remember noticing it as much on our previous trip. Um, to go to London but this time I really did and I think for me everywhere I go you kind of think like oh could I live here I don't know if everybody does that but I kind of do it and all throughout England just seeing how dog friendly it was made it really approachable in that way to me where I could really picture myself being there just because like we have Maggie and you kind of see people running around with their dogs in the parks on the trains, in restaurants and shops and things like that. And you go like, oh, like that could be me. I could be doing that as well. And it's just a really, a really cool part about England that was a little surprising. Yeah, I know. I really liked that too. Um, and we were missing Maggie so much too. Like, and I was feeling so guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so guilty. Oh my goodness. I was like living my dream and she was wondering if we'd abandoned her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But that was really, that kind of wrapped it up for London because then the very next day we headed to Bath. Yes. And we love Bath. So good. You guys have heard us talk about it before in some previous, in a previous episode. And we just had to go back Mm -hmm. because we like it so much. Um, You guys have to tune into the next episode because um, you're going to hear all about the little, um, a tiny, tiny little store that was a gin distillery that a lady owned. And we got to talk to the owner and we bought some of her um, gin that she like flavors and everything. It was so cool. And then, um, (laughs) funny story. Um, (laughs) Also, while we were in Bath, we decided to hike to South Stoke. Um, because we wanted to go to a little pub there with some and get some ciders and stuff because, you know, cider. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, apparently we learned on the way home that our limit is two pints because the hike home really had us debating whether or not it was worth it to go pee in somebody's field. We were both just like beside ourselves. We were like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom so Bad. Yeah, we were about to burst. It was an official emergency that I did, I didn't know that we would recover from. Oh my gosh! L- honestly, I was thinking about like I was about to like Google like 
what are the laws on like, like how much prison time will you get how much you time will i serve if yard? i need to go to the bathroom in somebody's yard or if a kid <laughs> sees me like using the bathroom because in america it would be um you could would become a sex offender yeah so yeah indecent exposures yeah exactly um yeah Great things to look forward to in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Tune on in. We'll, uh, we'll dice all about that and everything else uh, that we experienced in Bath, which was so much. Yeah. And But before before you um, go away and, and wait for the next episode to come out, I have great news for you because if you want to visualize the stuff that we we're talking about, we have started putting videos out on YouTube. And up till now, we've had the podcast available on YouTube, but it's really just been a still image with the podcast. Now we'll have a support video that will show you the things that we're talking about. So you're definitely going to want to go over to Travel FOMO Podcast, our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there and check out the videos. Uh, They'll go up along with these episodes. So when an episode comes out, the goal is to put out a support video as well. Yeah. So excited about that because I just, ironically, like we're all about words, right? Podcasting is all about telling, speaking things and being able to articulate yourself. But some of these places that we go to, I just, there aren't words. And so I'm hoping that these photos and videos help people see what it is um, that we're trying so hard to articulate how amazing it is. So yeah, a lot of the stuff that we saw is way too hard for me to put into words. So definitely go, go check it out because so many cool things we got to see and do. So we're also becoming more active on TikTok. So you guys um, can see some of the videos that we put out there. Um, A lot of these adventures will be out there as well. So be sure to check us out there too. The videos are different. Um, They're more like music videos and a little bit um, kind of bring you into the moment. Um, And so also if you don't have a lot of time, they're a really quick way to kind of like you know, scroll through and see, see what we've been up to. Um, you guys, you know, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, the gram. And of course you can learn more about the two of us at travelfomopodcast.com. And while you're at it, go ahead and give us a five-star review. <laughs> yeah, that's all we're asking for. No, we don't. Wherever you listen, let's be really honest. Has anyone else been to 18 countries right after COVID? Because I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, so, we, we went all those places for you I guys. Think it might. <laughs> yeah, right. I think <laughs> that we might deserve a five-star review just because we're going to put out all this amazing stuff for you guys. So <laughs> yeah. So go on five-star review. Just tell people that it's the best podcast you've ever heard. That works. That thought it worked too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then of course, subscribe. Don't miss out on any of these adventures, guys, because life is short. Wander well. Thank you.